All right. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to an exciting episode of The Lab. A uh, little bit of a different setup today. Uh, we've got all four of us in one episode. Uh, you got Alex, Brandon, Lou, and Dave. Who's rocking the, the lab? The, the, the lab. The lab. The devil's four way. The lab. No. Uh, no, it'll be a good episode today. We're going to kind of keep the next few weeks a little bit, uh, you know, with the holidays coming up, things are going to get a little crazy. Uh, so if you guys want to dive back into some of the ones from the past, I highly encourage you to go back and take a look at those. Uh, today's topic, we're going to talk about uh, the NFL and the whole uh, grass versus turf debate. Uh, you know, we've had over the last few few weeks, uh, both college and NFL uh, an accumulation of Achilles ruptures, ACL tears, <laughs> glenoid breaks, Trotter. <laughs> Fucking just cut Deshaun at this point. Just cut him. It's right, the worst trade. 230 million. <laughs> oh, you don't get the same Michael. result. Yeah. PJ Who's the backup? Is the uh, backup? No, they're yeah. they're putting in um, uh, DTR or whatever his name is, DTP, whatever. His, I don't know what his initials is because he's dog shit too. I'd rather have PJ Walker in there. Oh man, tell me how you really feel. I've been irritated all day over this. I could tell. Well, if your company gave you five year salary mm-hmm. tomorrow, how many days are you calling off for the next year? Well, chance I got. he's an upstanding member of society with a good character background. So, cheers yeah. to Cleveland, I guess. Right. Unbelievable. Oh, man. No. I can't even imagine being a, a Browns fan right now. I feel like you guys, like, you're not a bad team. Your defense is solid. Um, it doesn't matter. They'll be bad again in five years after everybody gets old. True. Well, it stinks because Baker tried to play through that stuff and he had an obvious labral tear. And now it's just like this guy's made of glass and he just won't show up. Yeah. I, I feel for the fans, not the franchise, that's for sure. Mm-mm. Yeah. And how many how many weeks have they known that he's been dealing with this and they haven't had a backup prepared? That's what I'm kind of curious. Two years. Yeah. Two years, yeah. <laughs> He he hasn't he hasn't won a game for Cleveland. No. No. Spot up, Everybody spot else around him is. Yeah. Huh. Dang. Okay, so before I get you too riled up, let's 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 kind of shift our focus here. We'll kind of start talking a little bit about the debate between uh grass and turf. Um trying to recall the statistics off the top of my head, but obviously prolific injuries so far this year. Um Looking at, you know, obviously Aaron Rodgers. I think Dave and I talked about Aaron Rodgers a little bit earlier this year. Um, what are the statistics right now between uh, Achilles ruptures on grass versus turf, first of all? Does anyone know off the top of their heads? I think it's like plus 40%. Plus 40% on grass yeah. or turf? On on synthetic turf. Oh, wow. I didn't realize like that high. Specifically... I think they blacklisted like four or five stadiums. Obviously, MetLife, um, SoFi. Is, based on this report from uh, Mini Gazette, 
uh, 16% higher risk of lower extremity trauma okay. um, on synthetic surface, but only for the Achilles, ankle, and calf injuries. Jesus. So what stadiums were blacklisted, Dave? Uh, MetLife, SoFi, Bengals are listed. They have like a few different across the league that they're all just like looking to get replaced via the NFLPA. But those are just like a couple off the top of my head. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I thought uh, I thought I read a report, but again, it could just be biased um, that the Bengal Stadium, like underneath their concrete, like the level was uneven at like different stages of the actual turf, which played like a significant role. Yeah, too. and I can't rem remember like what specifically it was. I mean, I think of it like some of it's like playing on concrete. Others, it's uneven, and they have a specific type of artificial turf that they like versus, I, I, I can't remember, who just had more propensity to clutch, catch a cleat and yeah. obviously stick. Hmm. But, yeah, the Jeez, NFL geez. PA is kind of ahead of this. And in, in my uh, stats could kind of read, you know, 40% uh, incidence rate across all turf field too, so. Yeah, what he said there is specific to the calf and ankle, and that's like obviously exclusive of Achilles ruptures, tears, et cetera, too. So it's getting to be pretty, pretty significant. Damn, I didn't realize it was that high, let alone that different. Um, so I guess why, why this year of all years has there been such a huge increase then in Achilles tears and in, um, ACL tears then. I mean, it's not like the, the turf is the turf any different than it's been in the last two or three seasons. I think it's press. Like there's a few oh, players that it's got. Yeah. They're making a bigger deal out of it now. Huh. Yeah. It's like the hot so topic. Why, why this see, year I, of all years? Because of Aaron Rodgers, do you think? But, but didn't he have a calf injury leading into that game? Like he, he had like a, you know, like a, a calf strain or something like that. He was wearing was a definitely. sleeve through most of a uh, rookie or mini camp, that was right? Joe. That, that was Joe. That was Joe. Yeah, I'll Aaron's look. was a freak accident. Okay. Yeah, yeah, Joe was the hot topic before the season. But yeah, there's a there's a number of players who have had like multiple incidences playing on this uh, synthetic stuff. J.K. Dobbins, Kenny Galladay, uh, OBJ just like bigger names are starting to get taken down. And obviously this year is the year of the quarterback. So your franchise cornerstones get taken out by Achilles ruptures. Obviously it's going to catch, you know, uh, the news headlines. Cause that's so kind of like my opinion on it. <clears throat> I did find uh, an article, Trotter, you were right. Um, he did incur a calf injury during the workouts with the jets back in uh, May. It looks like. I mean, I, I don't know if that's correlating, but you can only assume. Yeah. I don't know if it's the same ankle or not. I mean, that'd be something to look into way more of. But yeah, he did have. Yeah, they, well, they, they called think, it uh, minor. We talked about this too one day at the gym. And uh, I'm I'm going to butcher it. So I'm going to try to see if I can like jumpstart Brandon's brain. <laughs> but, I'm ready to uh, go. Yeah. Well, do you remember when we were talking about this subject and. I think you had said something that if you watch like a lot of the athletes, their their cuts are so far off 
of their like center of mass now to like create that separation that they're putting themselves more at a risk of tearing or I forget what it was, but I, I hope that was enough to jumpstart your thought process. Yeah, the farther you the farther you put your foot outside your center of mass, the more breaking force you're gonna get, but it's also gonna be a higher load that you're gonna have to handle. Yeah. Then you're gonna have to come right out of that break at a quick movement and then once you go into that plant on the ball of your foot, that's usually where you see the Achilles go. Yeah. Sure. Well, then you got like, like a copper by like joint angle too. Yeah. Yeah. This deceleration phase and all that kind of stuff. I mean, once you dig your heel into the ground like that, it's a pretty much a extended leg. I mean, that's the only way you're going to be able to stop that yeah. much speed at that much that force. I mean, your leg's pretty much straight, so either the the ankle's going to give or you're going to slide. Mm-hmm. Or if you get lucky enough, mm-hmm. you're going to have a good plant and get out. So. A lot of it comes down to like the the depth of what um, <clears throat> how much beads are in the turf and things like that. But yeah. Mm. yeah. So do you think this is just like, like a fad kind of thing, or do you guys think that they're going to have to start making changes and going back to grass in the future? Like, what's the solution I I mean, to? I mean, I would say all this hype. Turf's been around for a long time, and like you're all of a sudden starting to see all this stuff happen. So I mean, mm-hmm. people, the science is getting more in depth. So people are playing at a longer age. So if you look at all the Besides, like, J.K. Dobbins, I mean, if you look at all the people yeah. that have torn all these, I mean, they're old, 35, 33, 34, 35, 36-year-old guys, um, things like that. I mean, I think the the training they've been going through is different. So, I mean, they're kind of getting back into that. Once you get a little older, you're not going to push yourself as much like that. So, your body's not as prepared. Um, mm-hmm. Cleats are changing all the time. So, you're trying to get how much, how light can you mm-hmm. make cleats nowadays? You know, I, I think that maybe that's got a little something to do with it, things like that. So, I mean, I think it's a bunch of different variables. We just there and sit there and say that it's strictly the turf. But, you know, no one ever said anything about why Kirk Cousins tore his when he did it on grass. Yeah. So. Well, I think, too, that so many players, I mean, there's way more route running now as well. So, like, they're being put in positions to uh, tear them or injure themselves way more often. And then a lot of them, they're, they're stronger, they're faster, they're bigger. They're more explosive. So, like, if you're not – I mean, your you're just risk of injury just goes up, up as it goes. Well, the more yeah. – a lot of, everybody's trying to get into the, all the plyometrics and ankle stiffening drills and all that kind of stuff. Or if you make something too stiff, it's going to snap. You know, you got to find the middle ground of what's mobile, what's what's not enough mobile, what's not stiff enough, and, you know, kind of find that middle ground. So, I mean, it's just kind of a, a give and take. Take away uh, I also don't see much, much like uh, I don't see much deceleration training. Period. It all seems to be just plyometric and force generation, which inherently you're kind of risking tendinosis or a breakdown of the actual tendon too. Just from like a global like training perspective, it seems like eccentrics are kind of falling out of phase, and it's all just rapid power development yeah. because you can measure it. It's yeah. it's really strange. That brings up kind of like our old talk when we had uh, Joey G on there and he kind of found a way to incorporate like deceleration drills year round. So like maybe more coaches need to look into that and actually start incorporating that more into their year round training, especially in season, obviously. Uh, well, I, I mean, Brandon's implemented that. I I mean, a little bit before like Joey G that, that talk, but mm-hmm. I've noticed it a lot more too, like in the gym, like just peeking over and stuff like that. And, mm-hmm. you know, we we don't have a ton of kids rolling ankles, blowing knees. <laughs> you know, but still. No, it makes sense. Yeah, it's, it's easy to incorporate it year-round through a speed development or from a speed programming aspect. I mean, because you're doing it in a 
in a game situation all the time. So really you just reduce the volume a little bit and kind of strategize when the games is and when you can kind of add higher stress days on certain days. So things like that, mm-hmm. but to do it in the weight room is a little bit more strategic, I guess you would say. Yeah. But just cause it's more demanding on the body and all that kind of stuff we went over in previous episodes, but yeah, soreness continuum recovery. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, Sounds for instance, like my, my two basketball boys, we're going to kind of, I mean, it kind of, the, the sons actually did a pretty good job of making it more, uh, I mean, even like Kevin Durant coming off his Achilles tear too, but the Suns are doing the same thing. They kind of made it big, but talking about like stress development, like a stress load. So like they'll do like post-game lifts and stuff like that just so Mm -hmm. they can get, you know, the the extra full day of recovery instead of having a game day and then, you know, instead of taking a day off and then having a lifting day, so more stress and then, you know, having the game the next day. They team up like that, but it can kind of be the same way, especially these older guys. I mean, you got to be able to handle the stress load. So. Yeah, hmm. yeah. There, there does really seem to be like two types of archetypes with that. Like you're saying, it's really the old guys that have accumulation of stress, or it's the young guys who have just this crazy amount of power development. And I think that one might be more highly correlated towards the actual turf itself, rather than, of course, like the Kurt Cousins type of injury. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but that. yes, the strategic amount of like loading with the fatigue sounds like a very smart thing to do, especially if you have the opportunity to do it. I'd be interested to know the difference between like how much um, like grip in a sense, your cleats get in, you know, grass versus turf, like how much give is it? Like how much do the beads give compared to how much does the, the soil give? Well, like it that. depends. Think about too. It depends on the type of cleat though. You remember how, like, they used to have, like, molded ones. Like, Nike would have, like, the mold ones for turf. Mm-hmm. And then, like, you would have, like, the metal tips for the natural and stuff like that mm-hmm. for, like, wet games. But yeah, but yeah. they're so they're shaped so differently, too. So, like, what's not to say that it's the mold of the cleat? Yeah, if there's a difference between brands, like, you know, a lot of school. A lot of, I mean, everybody's got to wear Nike now. So, what's the difference between, like, a Nike mold and the contact points of the cleat versus, you know, like what Adidas has? or something like that right yeah like looking at the difference between like american sports and like european sports like how many different like like soccer and rugby for example over in the uk or over in uh in europe a lot of them play on grass pitches so like they they don't have a whole abundance of like turf over there so like i would even be curious to see like what's the comparison between like um european sports and achilles tear acl compared to american with being on the turf um well, how many of these – it was J.K. Dobbins. His was contact, wasn't it? Uh, let's look. I'll check real quick. I think a couple of them have been contact, though. So you wonder if yeah. if the – I mean, I'm just throwing shit out here. But, like, you know, if you're if you got your foot dug so far into the, the turf and all of a sudden someone lands on it and that cleat can't basically out. come out from the cleat, I mean, it's going to snap at that kind of mobility versus yeah. – you know, a, lot, a lot of them – yeah, a lot of them – yeah, his, his got landed on. So, you know, I wonder if his – if the cleat could have, you know, slipped out, would mm-hmm. that have just been a, a normal tackle or just an ankle roll or, you know, who God knows what. So, I mean, there's – I think I think somebody said that about uh, Nick Chubb's injury too. Like, because his, yeah. his cleat was just – I mean, it was planted. It was gross. I mean, there's a million different variables to sit there and say that, nope, it's strictly the turf and things like that. And... Right. But, 
Yeah, a lot of other things to kind of poke some holes in this too is like, of course, MetLife and SoFi have two teams playing on it. So of course, mm-hmm. your incidence is just going to go up because you're playing on it literally 18 weeks a year. Yep. So it is going to kind of demonize the turf itself by nature of you playing on it every darn weekend, and you just have more games. Well, then if you like the if you like the Bengals, you know you have state championship teams get play on the turf. You get flag football kids that get to play on the turf. You got. Yeah. So how much contact is, is – I mean, versus high school, how many times – you don't really hear high school kids doing this. Well, I mean, you know, you can sit there and argue, you know, their power development isn't there. But, I mean, for around here, like, you got your practice field. Like, you do not get to step on that turf until, like, game, game day. day. Yeah. Now, I will notice, though, the high school game that we went to this year, far more injuries than I remember like in any of the other high school games I've been to, like over the, you know, damn decade and a half. But, yeah, I, I don't know if that played a correlation or if they were just tired and just being sissies. It's hard to say. Mm-hmm. Need to get in depth yeah. in why all these uh, spleens are lacerating. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. what's up with that? Yeah. Fifth grader hitting so hard he ruptures his spleen. Or ruptures somebody that, like, else's spleen. Yeah. Like, same thing with uh, the hunter from Colorado. He took yeah, that hit. That's right. So I mean, I've heard more spleen ruptures or lacerations in this year than I have my whole life. That's right. That's right. You, you get more. Yeah. You get more. I wonder if the overall speed is difference between grass and turf, though. If that plays a a factor well, too, like if I you can reach a top, like a, your your max velocity can go higher on turf than it can actual grass. I mean, the oh, dolphins own all of them. So yeah. I think they they have natural. <laughs> yeah, has to, has to, because I I always oh, felt like it was almost like um, like springy. Like one, mm-hmm. once you were going and like your power output was like going in a certain direction, you were cooking. I felt I always felt faster on turf. <laughs> but it's like I I translated it to like natural grass being like concrete or blacktop, and then turf being a track mm-hmm. is how I always felt the best analogy would be for it. So listen to this in 2019, they did a study over in the UK about uh, with FIFA two-star uh, level players out of 2,174 games. Um, turf was found to be statistically significant for artificial. So basically injuries to the ankle fracture and Achilles injuries Um and there was no statistical difference when found for knee injuries. You had about 1.54 injuries per game on turf, while only 1.49 on grass. Hmm. So they basically go on to state that you need to be looking at what the advantages provided by the turf are, while also looking to what is the safety of the athlete like between levels. So it comes down to money. Yeah. yeah. How much the, more the non-contact stuff is... Uh... I, th- I think that's the most worrisome. It's like if you have this guy you're paying hundred million dollars to, and you're losing him because of non-contact. I feel like that's the biggest push behind this from like a GM and player perspective. Mm-hmm. I think like even dividing like position groups. So like mm-hmm. you know having like your edge rushers, your running backs, and then your wide receiver or like cornerback group, you probably see something that's pretty statistically significant too. Of course, this year it's just hot topic because of the quarterback groups. But, yeah, I'm trying to like go back and even 
just think about people prior to this, um, Cam Akers, Carl Lawson, CJ Uzama. Um, mm-hmm. There's been a bunch of them. And it seems like it's been more on like those types of position groups too. Yeah. OBJ. Yeah, you sit there and wonder, yeah, uh, how many of those guys have like certain like braces on, you know, if it's a, then there's a knee brace on, you know, the knee's not going to give, so the ankle's going to give. There's an ankle brace on, the ankle's not going to give, so the knee's going to give. So, I mean, yeah. Underneath all them. How tight yeah, the shape is. Yeah. The leggings and all that kind of stuff on, you can't see who's got some of these, some of these knee braces, you can't tell who's got them on or who doesn't. Yeah. The, the uh, ACL to Achilles tear is pretty, pretty significant. Okay. Like that has, that has some pretty good grip to go on. Um, Try to think. I think Carl Lawson with the Bengals had a knee injury, then an Achilles, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Dobbins, same deal. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that dude can't get a break. No. Yeah. Kind, no. kind of sucks. But he, he's perfectly, perfectly healthy at Ohio State. So, you know, you sit there and wonder, like, <laughs> what happened? Yeah, that, or, you know, some of these guys start going into. They spend their whole time, at, you know, in the college. So they got their one strength coach consistently for four years because they're all off season. And all of a sudden, you got to start going to all these private guys and things like that, or training yeah. changes, and mm-hmm. you sit there and name a thousand different variables. To say, what are you going to track and say that it was this? You know? Yeah. No. No. So, if you guys had the option, would you rather play on turf or would you rather play on grass? I'm curious. I'm saying grass strictly because I don't want turf burn. <laughs> if I'm Shit, getting paid like millions of dollars to play a game, I don't care. That's me. Okay. okay. You're you're making generational wealth. You can you can sacrifice a knee. <laughs> yeah, especially if you're at Watson, you already got that shit guaranteed anyway. My whole <laughs> argument all day, all, all day, dude. Under the bus. Did I? I forget who posted. Somebody posted that he he's made two hundred thirty million dollars. Uh. I think he's got more interceptions than he does touchdowns, and I I don't think he's won more games than what he's lost. It, it's like something outrageous, like forty three million dollars per touchdown pass or something like that. Is how much he's made. Hell yeah, something bad. <sighs> that guy sucks. <laughs> hey, we're, we're we're taking members on the bandwagon over here in Cincy. We need top points. <laughs> no. I've been down at the bottom of the AFC North long enough. You guys can hang <laughs> out there for a few more years. Nah, we'll bounce back in two weeks. Yeah. Mm. We shock the nation tomorrow night. We'll be right where we need to be. You'll shit the bed. I don't know, man. I think it's going to be a good game. Who they I think playing? it's going to come down to uh, playing Cleveland, and we're going to beat you to get the last spot in. <laughs> yeah. You guys have done really well at beating the Browns the last couple of years. Yeah. Keep talking it. <laughs> hey, just I finally remember, get to at least you're not the Cowboys. We'll catch you in yeah. the playoffs, dude. <laughs> uh, could be worse. Could be no. Yeah, at least, at least you're not a Steelers fan, I guess. That's true. <laughs> no. Well, we hope you guys enjoyed our discussion today on uh, grass versus turf, and uh, we will see you guys in the next episode.